Hello, I am your host, Mark Parker. Thank you for joining Grasping the Word. Our theme this year at the Southern Oaks United Pentecostal Church is Remember. This week's verse is Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9. The Apostle Paul wrote, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And he was speaking of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to read a portion of a book that really is titled All the Fullness by David Campbell. And I'm starting on page 33 of my edition. And this is in the chapter that Jesus is God and under the subtitle of his absolute deity relative to his incarnation. I cannot possibly read it all, but I'm reading part of this. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 23 we read, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. In one simple statement, the entire redemptive plan of God is revealed. God will veil himself in flesh and visit mankind for a season until his redemptive purpose is completed. This is a fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, which prophesies that a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, we find further scripture relating to the incarnation of Jesus. It reads, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So we discover that this child that is to be born and this son that is to be given is also the mighty God and the everlasting Father. In his humanity, he was the child that was born and the son that was given. In his deity, he was the mighty God and the everlasting Father. Jesus was just as much the everlasting Father as he was the Son given. He was not part man and part God, but he was all man and all God. For though he took upon himself the completeness of humanity, in him dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19. Micah chapter 5, verse 2 reads, But thou Bethlehem Ephratah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. Once again, we find that the babe that was to be born in the manger in Bethlehem was in reality God descending in the form of man. We now step over into the New Testament where we find in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. John chapter 1 verse 1. The last part of the verse in its literal translation reads, and God was the Word. Verse 14 of the same chapter reads, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, 
and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Thus we find that the word, which is God, became flesh, which is Jesus. This is in keeping with 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, which states, God was manifest in the flesh. Therefore, we find that at the incarnation, the absolute deity became robed in flesh. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3, the prophet foretells of Jesus in saying, The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, all capital letters, designating the name of God, the Old Testament, Yahweh, Jehovah, make straight in the desert a highway for out our God. In fulfillment of this prophecy, we read the following account of Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Once again, the word of God points with such clarity that the Jehovah of the Old Testament robed himself in flesh and became the Jesus of the New Testament. This action was necessary for the redemption of mankind. Since the fall of man had resulted from the fleshly weaknesses of the first Adam, it was necessary for the second Adam to gain victory over these same fleshly weaknesses in order for redemption to be possible. To truly gain victory over the carnal tendencies of man, Jesus had to be tempted in the manner common to all humanity. The victory was won, and redemption was the result, as the lamb that was offered for the final sacrifice was without blemish. And when the babe was in her womb, Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God, my Savior. Luke 1, verses 46 and 47. So under the anointing of God, Mary expressly declared that her Lord and her God was about to become her Savior. These words are so reminiscent of the words of Thomas as he viewed the wounded side and nail-scarred hands of Jesus, my Lord and my God. The Apostle Paul sums it up to Titus 2, verse 13, which read, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ.